Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin, Sr., editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride. That's right, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on Behind the Steel Curtain's podcast platform. This is, I guess, the first official podcast of the offseason. I feel like there's a lot of people that have been waiting for this moment. No, not so much for the Steelers season to be over, but they've been waiting for me to answer their questions finally about the offseason. As you know, on Wednesdays, hump day, that's right, the Steelers, uh, my faithful, my ride-or-die crew, they put in questions on, they follow me on Twitter, and they put in questions for the mailbag segment, which will happen in the second half of this show. And everyone wants to ask me about the draft, they want to ask me about positions, they want to ask me about team needs, all that stuff. And I always say the same thing, we will talk about that when the season is over. And so on Tuesday, I put out the tweet. Used a different movie this time, Abandoned Shooter McGavin. Went a little dumb and dumber with Jim Carrey. So we'll see where that takes us. I don't know. I just find those movies really funny. And um, there were a lot of questions about the offseason, as I expected. So the Ride or Die crew will get all their answers questioned. As I always say, if you take the time to ask the question, I will take the time to answer it. I've never liked anyone whether it's written form or podcast form that says i'll let's do a question and answer session and they pick and choose what questions they answer now i'm going to answer them all uh you might not like my answer but i'm going to answer them all all right before we get into today's topic that i want to discuss on this wednesday i want to remind everyone that behind the steel curtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things pittsburgh steelers whether it's the latest breaking news like the steelers signing 12 players to the to futures contracts one being Rico Bussi. I've never had wide receiver from the preseason and training camp who ever, you know, the Rico Suave. It was like Rico Bussi. I don't even know if he is Latin American or Hispanic of any kind, but still, um, it's fun to say his name, Rico. So he was one of the 12, so you can check that out at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Uh, and then also wherever you get your podcasts, clearly you're listening at some platform. Maybe you're listening on the website. And that's in the megaphone player. Maybe you just clicked on the link on my Twitter profile. Well, anywhere that you get your podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, doesn't matter. Spotify, if you're a Spotify user like I am, just search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. You'll find us. And then do whatever that platform requires so that you don't miss anything. So on Spotify, it's following. Apple Podcasts, it's subscribing. And then at any podcast platform, especially Apple Podcasts and Spotify, give us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. Apple Podcasts, we've seen a big jump in our ratings. Uh, not so much the stars. I mean, they're, they're pretty solid anyways. But uh, the number, the quantity, we, we want to get that number up. I'd love to be over 200 on Spotify. We're at like 187, I think. So if you're a Spotify user out there, go right below on the, on the Behind the Steel Curtain page. You'll see a little star. Click on it. Give us a five-star. We would appreciate it. 
and I've talked about it in case you wonder, like, why do people say this stuff? It all helps with the that platform promoting your product out to other people. So it does help, and it only takes two seconds. So don't be lazy. All right, today I want to talk about Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, look, folks, if you think Mike Tomlin's getting fired, I, I just I hate to disappoint you, but he's just probably not. If Mike Tomlin gets fired after he takes this ragtag group of individuals and gets them to a 9-7-1 record, gets into the postseason, if you think that he's going to be fired and he does get fired, then I will – I don't know what I'll do. I, I, okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. If Mike Tomlin gets fired, I will go – and we live here in the state of Maryland, close to the Potomac River – I will go on the, one of the coldest days that I can think of, and I will jump in to the Potomac River in just a bathing suit. There you go, like, a, like an ice plunge. I will do If Mike Tomlin gets fired at any time, he, I, and I'll record it. We'll put it on YouTube, and you can check it out on our YouTube channel. Uh, you just go to YouTube and search BTSE Steelers Radio, but that's only if Mike Tomlin gets fired. I don't think he's getting fired. I really don't. And so I wanted to talk at length about Mike Tomlin today. I thought about this, I guess it was probably Monday. I'm sitting at home, didn't have to work, and I just thought about the Steelers season that was the 9-7-1 finish, and I, I put this on Twitter, and actually had a really good reaction from the fan base, and I said, man, could you imagine being Mike Tomlin, waking up today on Monday, and thinking about all of this stuff, thinking about how daunting this task can be, and when I say that, I'm talking about the fact that there's so many things that can change in the course of this offseason. So let's talk about the possible challenges that face Mike Tomlin right now. So Mike Tomlin could be without a uh, without a with were he without Kevin Colbert but with a new general manager. Now Tuesday Mike Tomlin met with the media and he talked openly about how uh, he's not going to address Kevin Colbert's position with the team or anything he's going to leave that up to him that kind of leaves it open he says of right now it is status quo for us and if you know anything about how they handle that contract it is year to year and it goes through the nfl draft so kevin colbert will be the gm up through this 2022 nfl draft and then they'll reevaluate however i wrote this article for the website not too long ago and i, I talked about how kevin colbert's uncertainty is really kind of putting the team behind the eight ball. And what I meant by that was when you think about how Kevin Colbert is, well, there's reports that he won, that he's going to retire. There's reports that he's not. Whatever he decides, if he's going to retire and he knows it and he hasn't let the team know, which I would assume he has, the team should be trying to move to getting him locked up or figuring out who's going to replace him. So if he wants to stay, let's lock him up. If he doesn't want to stay, we need to find some form of way to replace him, whether it's in-house, whether it's someone else. You hear all these other teams that are interviewing candidates for their general manager position. You would think the Steelers would want to jump on board and try to get ahead of the curve. But I digress. Nonetheless, Mike Tomlin could be with a new GM this offseason. On top of that, there's a lot of question marks surrounding his coordinators. Offensive coordinator Matt Canada was a hot topic of conversation in Mike Tomlin's Tuesday press conference. Everyone was asking, what do you think about Canada's offense? What do you think about the personnel that he had to work with? And you know, Tomlin gave one of his great Tomlinisms. He said, well, if you have red paint, you're going to paint your barn red. In other words, you're not going to try to put in your system unless you have the players for that system. Kind of makes it sound like 
Mike Tomlin is saying, I want to kind of let him get his guys in here. It's a slippery slope, and I wrote that article for the website as well, and I talked about it on this podcast platform. You go too far down this road, all of a sudden you might be drafting players that are only for that type of system, and that can be a detriment to the team in the long term. On top of the coordinator, which we don't know what's going to happen to Matt Canada, he could be released. Art Rooney could say, I've seen enough. It's like on a league of their own. I've seen enough to know I've seen too much. And that could be Art Rooney II's uh, philosophy here. And he could fire him. That could happen. But they're going to have to replace the offensive line coach. Are they just going to promote Chris Morgan, CMO as they call him, to take Adrian Clem's job? Yeah, we all were just all giddy after the Monday night game against Cleveland where Najee Harris rushed for 188 yards, but we didn't see much after that. Again, can he make, you know, is he just trying to put lipstick on a pig at this point? Does he really have good quality players? That's a discussion for another time. Then you even talk about the defensive coordinator. And Keith Butler, he was obviously a topic of conversation as well on Tuesday. And Mike Tomlin said that he and Butts, as he called him, Keith Butler, Hey, the Butts has mentioned that this might be his last year. Well, that certainly sounds like they might be looking for a new defensive coordinator. So just so we're all caught up here, Mike Tomlin could be, not guaranteed, could be working with a new general manager after this 2022 NFL draft. He could potentially have a new offensive coordinator. A new, he's going to have a new offensive line coach. And he could be bringing in a new defensive coordinator. That's a lot. That is a lot. But like an infomercial, but wait, there's more. Now you start talking about the players and the personnel. I want to read you the list of unrestricted free agents that the Steelers currently have on their roster. And we're going to go by position. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these players, but these are just the names. These are the unrestricted free agents. These are the players that as of March 14th, when the tampering period begins, they can start to negotiate with other teams. And as of the 16th of March, that is when the new league year begins at 4 p.m. New York time, and they can start making those deals official. Okay, they don't have to, there's no tendering, there's no, nothing like that. So here we go. Unrestricted free agents, Ben Roethlisberger. We know he's going to retire, we hope he's going to retire. And Mike Tomlin says they're going into the offseason with the assumption that he is. But he's still technically an unrestricted free agent. Joshua Dobbs. Let's go to wide receiver. Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, Ray-Ray McLeod. Tight end, Eric Ebron. Running back, Kalen Balaj. Offensive line, Trey Turner, Chooks Okorafor, and B.J. Finney. Defensive line, Montrevious Adams. Outside linebacker, Taco Charlton. Cornerback, Joe Hayden. Akello Witherspoon. Arthur Millette. And safety, Terrell Edmonds and Miles Killebrew. So when you have all those unrestricted free agents, just look at some of those names. Smith-Schuster, Hayden. I mean, you had some, some names here, folks. I mean, some names that will be tough to replace. So now you have a situation where, again, Mike Tomlin wakes up on Monday. He has that list of unrestricted free agents. He has the question marks surrounding the general manager. Question marks at both coordinators, a new offensive line coach, and oh, by the way, you have to replace the quarterback. Good luck, coach. And so I put it out there that this is a daunting task. That's a headline in the title of this podcast. Mike Tomlin's job this offseason is daunting, but it also provides clarity. And what I mean by the latter part of that 
Hackett's title is that Mike Tomlin, at this stage of the game, and it's crazy to think about him, you know, hired in 2007, and it's not till this stage of the game, he's able to have a fresh start. Now, Mike Tomlin would have—he'd be an idiot to bemoan the fact that he had Ben Roethlisberger for almost his entire career. I mean, my my goodness, Ben Roethlisberger was one of the guys, I think he and Tomlin and Roethlisberger are only behind, I believe, maybe Drew Brees and Sean Payton, and then obviously Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in regards to wins with coach and quarterback. It's just, it was a more remarkable run. But now Tomlin gets to pick his guy. A fresh start. And I don't I don't want you all out there listening to this thinking that I'm suggesting that that guy, whoever that player is, will be picked this year. But he'll be able to find the player that he wants at quarterback. And he's going to have some cap space to do it, unlike what he's had in, in past years. When you think about last season, they were having to cut players just to get underneath the cap. And so now they have all this cap space, Mike Tomlin gets a fresh start and a chance to prove himself. So let's just say that they keep the coordinators. Let's say, let's go with Keith Butler retiring and they promote from within. I know Steeler fans hate that, but Terrell Austin gets promoted from assistant coach to in secondary coach to defensive coordinator. And they keep with, they stick with Canada and Kevin Colbert decides to stay around for one more year. Now, all of a sudden you're looking at, okay, they have cap space to bring back some of these players if they choose and they get a chance to try to figure out what to do at the quarterback position this task this offseason for Mike Tomlin is going to be one that we are going to remember as pivotal in his tenure the one thing that everyone always says about Mike Tomlin is that he always had the franchise quarterback when did he ever have to win without him and yes you can point to 2019 when he with mason rudolph and devlin duck hodges were able to get the team on the precipice of the postseason they didn't make it but they were close had a heck of a defense that year this season when you look at the holes on the roster none larger than the quarterback position you look at both lines needing revamped and rebuilt in their own way you look at skill position players that need to be either re-sign or you have to make an addition in free agency and they don't have a lot of draft capital. This is the offseason where Mike Tomlin can solidify himself as one of the best head coaches in his era. Everyone always wants to talk about Belichick and how great he was. Well, what what are we seeing from Bill Belichick up north with the Patriots? Well, it hasn't been... Smooth and easy without Tom Brady there at the helm. Yes, they made the postseason. They got shellacked. They look like they have a good rookie in Mac Jones. But there are still a lot of question marks about the New England Patriots right now. And so Mike Tomlin, if he can make some moves, and I will point to Michael Beck's Live Mike podcast where he had a bunch of different scenarios of what the Steelers can do going from here. And I could see a lot of them playing out. One of them was you bring in a second-tier veteran and you draft a player, let them develop, and then they have that secession plan. Or maybe you find a a quarterback in the draft and you stick with Mason Rudolph. The Steelers have options heading into this offseason, but this offseason for Mike Tomlin is critical. Absolutely critical. We will find, 
did he have a team that won with Ben Roethlisberger, or did he have a team that won because of Ben Roethlisberger? Big difference there. Big difference in narrative and big difference in perception. We'll see what comes true, but this is a daunting task ahead of Mike Tomlin, and I, I'm, ex- I'm actually excited to see what comes of it. I'm excited to see how they handle it, not just Tomlin, but the front office. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting, and we're going to be with you every single step of the way. I'll tell you what, I'm going to be back after this break to deliver that mailbag. My ride or die crew never disappoints, and they didn't again. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of this Let's Ride podcast. Well, I always do the mailbag every Wednesday, and so people have sent me messages and said, Jeff, how do I get on the mailbag segment? I'm just trying to figure it out. Okay, so here's the remember you gotta follow the rules. Follow me on Twitter at J Hartman H A R T M A N. And then once you follow me on Twitter, all you have to do is on Tuesday, today was at 1.35 p.m. Eastern time to be exact. I put out a tweet with a gif and say, Okay, Ryder Dicker, you know the drill. Go ahead and put the questions below, and they never disappoint. So, in that regard, let's get right to it. Shield91 says, who is your favorite player to watch this season? Personally, I loved seeing Muth develop into a fan favorite. He's obviously talking about Pat Fryermuth. Excited to see him grow as a player. Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. If I'm giving a non-Ben Roethlisberger answer, because I did enjoy watching Ben in his final season, uh, I'm going to have to go with, you know, Pat Fryermuth probably would have been my answer, but... I'm going to go with Najee Harris. Najee Harris, boy, did he have a lot of pressure on him this year. And a lot of people were thinking, this guy's not worth a first-round pick, shouldn't be drafted 24th overall. And he went out, and what he did is he proved that he is worth every second spent, every cent spent on bonuses, whatever. He was the draft slot, you name it, he's worth it. I think Najee Harris, if you can give him an offensive line that is even mediocre, he's going to make a lot of people think I want to get a 22 jersey. So that's who I enjoyed watching. Uh, Brian Haynes says, with the season over, we'd have several de- we have several decisions to make. Which would you say is more likely? Firing Matt Canada, re-signing Juju Smith-Schuster, or trading up for a quarterback in round one? So I'll tell you what's least likely in my opinion, and that is trading up to get a quarterback in round one for uh, multiple reasons. First, I don't think there's any quarterback out there that is worth it. So they, and they don't have the draft capital to do it. So we're going to scratch that off. I think, honestly, which is more likely is that they re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster, not cut firing Mike Canada. The more I think about it, the more I listen to Mike Tomlin's comments in Tuesday's press conference, I just think that Canada's going to be back, whether you like it or not. MDibs24, he asks, we've been painting the barn red for 15 years. At what point do we finish the job? which is hysterical because that is exactly what Mike Tomlin said on Tuesday. More seriously, who do you see being a possibility in free agency? I guess it depends on the position and what you're talking about. In free agency, the offensive line and even the defensive line, in my opinion, is wide open. On the defensive front, if Stephon Tuitt's coming back and Tyson Alualu plans on returning, he's under contract, so I would assume he's going to return. If they can sign Montrevious Adams, 
I like their defensive front. You throw in Chris Wormley as a fourth and not a starter, and then you bring up an Isaiah Loudermilk, I think that they have a good core along that defense if they can make those moves. On the offensive side of the ball, no job is safe, in my opinion. I mean no job. So it's going to be up to them to find pieces at center, guard, maybe not tag, left tackle. I like Dan Moore Jr. I like Kevin Dotson. That right side, rebuild it all. Get a good center, get a good right guard, get a good right tackle. All right, Steel Mandalorian says, Tomlin just said Mason and Haskins will compete for the starting role next year. With that being said, do you think they still draft a quarterback to also compete with Mason and Haskins? Hashtag Ride or Die Crew. I do think that the Steelers will, in Mike Tomlin's terms, leave no stone unturned when it comes to considering the quarterback position. If someone becomes available that they want to bring in, I think that they have every right to do so. They don't have to bring back Dwayne Haskins unless they want to. For instance, maybe they sign a player. I brought up Marcus Mariota before, so I'll use him as an example. Let's say they bring in Mariota. Mariota comes in, and it's an open competition, but they don't want Haskins. He doesn't fit the system. Maybe he's a knucklehead in the locker room. They can release him. Cost them nothing. You re-sign Joshua Dobbs there. You have three quarterbacks I think are very capable, and it's a good competition, and I think that's a smart thing to do. And also, drafting a quarterback is on the table as well. Mike Tomlin made that very clear. So I think that when it comes to the quarterback position, everything is on the table. Our own Kyle Kreiss of What Yin's Talking Bat. I feel like I need to do that little Twitter. Like I need that Twitter sound that he always uses on his show. He said, rooting for Cincy this weekend because they're in the division or no? For me, I'm not rooting for anyone. Like I only root for one team. That's something my kids have asked me. They said, hey, if, if the Steelers didn't exist, who would you root for? No one. Now, if the Steelers never existed, that's a different question. But if the Steelers pulled an Indian, uh, Baltimore Colts and in the middle of the night the Mayflower trucks came and took the team to another city, I'm not following them. I'm not following anyone else. The NFL is dead to me. That's just how I would handle it. I do not want the Cincinnati Bengals to win. I do not like any team in the division. I could care less about the division succeeding. I, honest to goodness, do not care. So for me, who am I rooting for? I'm going to be rooting for players that are going to make me money. That's what I'll be rooting for. All right, Cheeseball10 says, is Keith Butler's retirement a cover-up for the Steelers planning to go elsewhere? Who is a capable coordinator to take over in his place besides in-house? So that's a good question, Cheeseball. And, and the Steelers have used the quote-unquote quote retirement before, we all know, with uh, Bruce Arians most famously. But still, um, I'm not sure if that's the case with Keith Butler. It would be interesting to see if Butler leaves and finds work elsewhere he would still be a heck of a linebacker coach. But as a possible coordinator that's not in-house, that's tough for me to say. I'm not even sure who's available out there. Um, So I I have not looked that closely at it. So I don't want to just throw out and spew some names when I don't really know. So, But that's a good question. Brian Haynes asked another question. Who is going to take over for Kevin Colbert after the draft? Do you think it'll be Khan? And how many coaches do you think we're going to need to replace from firing or not renewing hashtag rider die crew so once one we don't know if if kevin colbert is in fact going to be gone we just don't know that so since we don't know that i don't know who would take over i brought this up on the post game show i believe it was with dave schofield after the ravens game in week 18 and i said you know technically kevin colbert he wears two hats he has the general manager hat and i think the vice president of football operations or something like that in a perfect world, what I would do 
I would say, Omar Khan, you get the hat that says Vice President of Football Operations. And then someone like Hunt, uh, I think it's Brandon Hunt, here you get the general manager hat. You will work in concert together, and you will help keep this thing afloat. That's what I would do. How many coaches are going to need to replace? I honestly think they're only going to need to replace the O-line coach and the defensive coordinator. That's my guess. Okay, Amendez asks, think we hold on to Omar Khan to take Colbert's spot as GM? Have read he is getting attention from other teams as he does every year. So far, I've seen his name brought up once for another interview. I want to say that might have been Chicago. I'm not sure. I haven't seen him actually finish an actual interview, though. You know, the the teams now, they always put out, we have just finished an interview with so-and-so for our general manager opening. I have not seen that with Omar Khan. Uh, So take that for what it's worth. These could have just been rumors. Nonetheless, um, I do think the Steelers would like to hold on to him. I hope, I hold out hope that they know what Kevin Colbert's going to do and thinking about doing. And if that's the case, they have told Omar Khan and any other person within the system that, hey, if, if this guy's done, we want you to take over, so don't go anywhere. Evan Savage asks, offense and defense struggles come down 100% to the lines. Unfortunate injuries and only resort last resort players. What percentage do you think falls on the coordinators for the struggle? It simply, uh, or, or was it simply the cards they were dealt? An old quarterback, bad offensive line, bad defensive line, no cap space. The playoffs were a miracle. Evan, you bring up a lot of good points in one tweet. I do think that the coordinators were saddled. Keith Butler can dial up a good defense. We've seen it before. He can dial up pressure with the best of them. However, I do think that the injuries to Tyson Alawalu, the injuries to Stefan Tuitt, uh, not having um, Devin Bush back at full strength, did kind of expose him a little bit as a coordinator. On offense, I, it still boggles my mind that they promoted Matt Canada when they knew what they were going to have. This has to be a long-term hire for me, and that's why I said I think he's going to come back. You, you, The offensive line is is not good. Ben Roethlisberger is not the type of quarterback he wants in his system, and so this was just a way to introduce everything and hope that you win. I agree with your last statement. The playoffs were a miracle. It certainly does feel like that more and more every single day. All right, next question is, believe it was an honor number seven. So the old believers is at it again. He said, I cannot wait for this offseason. It will be the most active I've ever witnessed. I'm excited to see what direction they go on both offense and defense. I have to be honest with you all out there. I'm probably one of the biggest Ben Roethlisberger supporters that you'll find. I've always been an apologist for Roethlisberger, both on and off the field. Uh, That's just who I am by nature. He's been my favorite player since he was drafted. In 2019... When Ben Roethlisberger hurt his arm and was done, I have to be honest, I was kind of excited. I was someone that sat there and said, wow, like now we get to see what this is all about. Like Now we get to see, okay, do we have something in Mason Rudolph? And do we have something in this guy? Now it was disappointing. You didn't have the future, or well, we, don't, we don't view him as the future waiting in the wings, but at the time I was excited. Some of that excitement is starting to grow again. That this is going to be the first time where it's going to be different. It's going to be new. It's going to be exciting. Something different that we're not used to seeing. You know, it, it reminds me of the old Wayne's World scene where uh, Garth has that helmet on and he's working on that uh, that hand, the electronic hand. And um, Rob Lowe's character comes out and says, hey, we're looking to make some changes in the show. 
He goes, what? No, we fear change. We don't like change. Sometimes I feel like that's Steeler fans, but it, change can be good. It can be good. RJ says, I'm still on the Canada train. It was his It was his year. Rome wasn't built in a day, and he had a quarterback last year yeah, that wasn't that didn't fit his system. Year two will be Canada's time. What's your thoughts? I, I said it in the first part. I'll say it again. I feel like if they decide to go long-term at Canada and it doesn't work out, which it's it's a gamble. It's a gamble, and they start bringing in players that are specific only to his system. That is a very slippery slope. So I'm not against it. I'm I'm supporting. I could, could be supportive behind him coming back, but if they do that, goodness, be careful. Because if it doesn't work out, it could be ugly. Dave Dixon says, looking ahead to the draft, who do you like in the first round? I like either Kenny Pickett or Linderbaum is a center from Iowa, I believe, if they make it to 20. Thanks for great coverage all season. Hashtag Ride or Die crew. Thank you, Dave, for being a part of the Ride or Die crew and for listening every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As for the draft, I think that this is a draft where they're going to have positions and they're going to be able to sit back at 20. I don't see them making a move. And they're going to be able to sit back at 20 and say, let's just see how things play out. Could Kenny Pickett fall to 20? Would be really interesting if he did, especially if a guy like Linderbaum was available as well. If that guy's available and so is Pickett, boy, is that a tough decision, not to mention they have other positions they could be targeting as well. I think this is just like last season, a best player available type draft. They might have their positions of need, but they have a lot of positions of need, and so it really could just be a very general best player available type of draft. Brian Haynes asked another question. How do you think Tomlin has ha, how long do you think Tomlin has before he's on the hot seat now that Ben isn't there? That's another good question. Uh, I would say that Tomlin's hot seat is probably getting a little bit warmer just because he hasn't won a playoff game since 2017. Like, it's been a long time since they've won a playoff game. He has to get this team not just to a winning record, not just to the postseason. He's got to get them a win get to a championship game, get back to the big dance, do something. I do think that after a while, the ownership is going to say, okay, this is great, and you know, you've been here a long time, and no losing seasons, and that's awesome, but at some point, like we measure ourselves by Lombardi trophies, not by winning seasons. So I do think it might start heating up, especially without Ben. Evan says, one more. Does Tua come back? Seems a bit more negative than we initially thought. So um, Mike Tomlin didn't say anything about him, Stefan Tude, on Tuesday. I was hoping that he would give some type of glimpse into what's going on. Uh, but it, it, the Steelers have to be blunt with Stefan Tude. He missed the entire season. They have to say, look, is it a knee injury? And if it is, what do we have to do to get you right? If it's a mental thing, we respect that, we understand that, are you going to be able to play? Because if you're not going to be able to play, we might have to move on. And that's just a, a harsh reality right now. The Steelers, I, I, it sounds cold-hearted, but they have to get their team ready. And they have to know before the free agency, before the draft, what his plans are. Because if they need to go out and get another defensive lineman, they need to know that before those key moments of the offseason. So I hope he comes back because he's good. And he's still under contract, but I have, I, I'm not holding out hope. We'll put it that way. Okay, M says... Define what moves would make the offseason a success. That's a really good question. Um, moves that would make this offseason a success, in my opinion, would be moves that set up this team 
for long-term success. So what does that even look like, long-term success? It's a very vague statement. Long-term success, in my opinion, is getting positional players and then also having a backup plan behind them. That's long-term success. So it would be maybe getting a veteran center, but then also drafting a center so that if that center is only on the team for two to three seasons, you have a plan in place after. Having those plans equates to long-term success. But let's be blunt. Long-term success in the NFL starts and ends at the quarterback position. Get one, you have one for a decade. Miss, you're going to be in and out for the next several years. But that's a great question. Coach Travis says, how does our new GM, Jeff Hartman, that's funny, construct the 2022 wide receiver room? Uh, you know, do you get a true burner to play on the outside and move Claypool to the slot? Resign Juju or have McLeod play the slot? I do think the Steelers need a pure speed, just a Mike Wallace type. Man, he that's a little drastic because he was another otherworldly fast. But I get someone that is a burner that can take the top off a of defense. Martavis Bryant comes to mind. And then I would love to bring Juju Smith-Schuster back, but I'm also not paying him $8 million for one year like they did this season. I want Juju back, but I want him at the right price. And if he's not willing to do that, good luck elsewhere. I do think that Ray Ray McLeod can still bring value, just not as a starter. And I think Claypool needs to find a position that he can really focus and hone his attention on. Whether that's the X, Y, or Z wide receiver positions, that's up for debate. He needs to, I think he needs to focus on one. Get him squared away. But they can get that burner. It'll open up a lot of other things. Good question. Heath Davis says, hashtag ride or die. Chris, a Gator fan, I, re- I reference Steve Spurrier when I say we are rapidly approaching talking season. I want to know, are there any players you would like to see the Steelers target in free agency or via trade? Also, who is your bandwagon team for the rest of the playoffs? Well, the playoff question I kind of already answered. I'm not rooting for anyone. Like, screw that. Like, no. I have Fandle lineups. I'm going to root for my Fandle lineup. That's it. Um, I don't root for other teams. That's just the way I work. But um, as for players, I haven't really thought about it too much. I'm going to be diving into this more as the offseason and free agency comes to light. Uh, But haven't really – I don't want to, again, just spew out names. Nick Olson asks, should Matt Canada be gone or should we give him the benefit of the doubt since Ben isn't exactly mobile and Canada's offense is geared more towards a mobile quarterback? Dave Schofield would always say this, you know, square peg, circle hole, it just never it didn't fit in terms of Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Canada. So if you're going to bring him back, you have to have that underlying trust and faith that his system works if he can get the right players. Getting the right players is a different story altogether. I think he will be back. I'm not saying I want him back, but I think he will be back. Nick Clark says, what round pick would you give up for Gardner Minshew? I think he would be a very entertaining bridge quarterback with some upside. Or would you not be willing to give up a pick for him? Gardner Minshew, I mean, yeah, upside and and Minshew mania would be a lot of fun. Uh, I definitely think that the Steelers faithful would have some fun with him and with that. But I'm not giving up a lot of draft stock for him. I'm not giving up anything greater than a six-round pick for him. And it's not going to be in this draft either. It would be in, in future drafts. So um, I'm not sure what Minshew's contract status is, if he's a free agent or anything like that. So, But Minshew mania comes to Pittsburgh, I wouldn't be against it. Brian Arnett says, why are so many fans convinced Mason can't be a solid starter for us? In my opinion, his resume is too short to make any definitive conclusions about his ceiling. And his stats and wins in his limited starts are not terrible. 
Reminds me of Rodgers sitting behind Favre. I do think that there's something to Mason Rudolph getting a legitimate shot. Ben Roethlisberger said it himself. One of the best things for Mason Rudolph is to be able to go into a season knowing that he has an actual shot to be the starter. He's never had that. Yeah, he started in 2019, but never knew Ben was coming back. If Ben's not coming back, this could be Mason's show. We'll see how he adjusts. We'll see how he develops. He works hard. He's a hard worker. He's a smart guy, but he has to be able to put it out there. And I mean, you just see these moments of these brain lapses. It's just, they're infuriating. And that's what people think about when they think about Mason Rudolph. I'm all for giving him a chance. If the Steelers say, we're going to build the roster, like we're really going to build up the offensive line, the defensive line. We're going to ignore quarterback this year. We're going to go with Mason Rudolph. He's under contract for one year. We're going to see how he does. And then if it doesn't work out, then we're going to go after a quarterback, or maybe they'll draft a quarterback for development after that. I could see that being the play, and I'd be fine with it. Corey Eckenroth says that if Pittsburgh loses both coordinators and Colbert in the same offseason, who would be your pick for each position? Hashtag ride or die crew. So um, the GM, I did talk about that, how I think that it would be smart to retain Hunt and Khan as kind of like your two-for-one GM. Um, offensive line, or OC, I feel like you could go out of, out of I don't see anyone in-house that you would promote to that spot, so they would definitely have to go outside of the organization. Defensive coordinator, I, I see Terrell Austin moving right into that spot. Um, former defensive coordinator, he has done work with that before with the Steelers as recently as Week 18 um, when it was Mike Tomlin and Austin that were, taking out, they were doing the calls for the defense, so I could see that being the play. Haskins QB2 asked realistically, Will Mason be the QB1 next year, even if the Steelers take a Kenny Pickett, Carson Strong, or even Sam Howe in the first round? I think that Mike Tomlin, if he's smart, if they draft a first-round quarterback, he goes in and says, it's an open competition. And if, if Mason Rudolph wins, which he should win, then he'll be the starter. But if he doesn't win, then it's anybody's job. That's what I think he should do. But realistically, I think that Mason will be the starter. And it's okay if there's a rookie quarterback that has to sit. It's it's fine if a rookie quarterback has to sit for a little bit. Not every rookie quarterback is Ben Roethlisberger. So many people forget that. Danny Moskowitz says, what makes you excited looking forward to next season? What makes you worried? Excited is just the unknown. I, I think that the unknown is so much unknown. I mean, the salary cap space is unknown. No, I can't remember the last time the Steelers had this much salary cap space. What are they going to do with it? You know, you think about the positions of need. You think about the new quarterback. Like, that's all very exciting. But what makes you worried is what if they miss? There's been a lot of swing and misses in the free agency market with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you have all this money. Just look at the other teams that always have a ton of money, and they never do anything with it. We're talking about the Washington football team the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Cleveland Browns for years. Just because you have the money doesn't mean that you're going to be able to make sure you get it done. That's really, really important. All right. So that's it. Good mailbag section, everyone. I mean, thank you for submitting those questions. That's it for this show. I'm going to be back on Friday. We'll have Blue Check back on, and he'll do a whole segment with me in the second half. Uh, we'll talk about the com- the. AFC and NFC divisional round playoff and picks and all that good stuff. So make sure you check that out. In the meantime, make sure behind the steel curtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. On top of that, 
Wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. I'm Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. As we always finish it out, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Friday.